Okay, now we're getting started. I wanted to use my theater voice for a moment. <laughs> anyway, my name is Bruce Gibson. I am the moderator of this panel, which is Resistance and Star Wars Cartoons. So I am part of the Star Wars Report podcast. Okay, and... Uh, <laughs> Hey, Star Wars cartoons! So we're going to go down the row here and allow everyone to introduce themselves and just say a little bit of who you are. My name is Michael Morris. Uh, Just a heads up, I am exhausted because I was up till 5 a.m. working on my Hondo Anaka costume. So I kind of like some of the Star Wars. Wait, I'm sorry. Well, okay, I don't the, the old, some old ones. I, I like the new Star Wars cartoons for sure, but the old ones also <laughs> little little place in my heart. That's that's it. That's all I got. Um, my name is Lynn Walker. I'm on the podcast called Sapphire Skywalkers. <laughs> my co-host. and also on a podcast called Podme. You guys can kind of probably figure out what that's about. I also dub myself as the number one Harrison Dula fan on the planet. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brian Larson. I am the founder of the Tashi Station blog and podcast Woo! network. Uh, <laughs> I'm also the host of Tashi Station Radio, Kanji Cast, the Tashi Station Brew House, the Mouse Droid, and of Dyson Droids. Hi, I'm Christy Morris, and I am co-host of Galactic Fashion Podcast with my friend Teresa Delgado, and then I also regularly appear on my friend Matt Rushing's show, The 602 Club, a general geek show. Uh, We talk about James Bond, all kinds of other things, Um, and you can find me online at Bespin Bell talking about all things Star Wars. Hi guys, uh, my name is Henry Gilroy, I've been writing Star Wars and comics and animation and film... Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I'm here for you guys. So I just want you to know that. I love Dragon Con because it's the fan interaction. So I can't wait to hear your questions and, and, and criticisms and comments. And you can throw money, whatever. I'm glad to be here to see you guys. I have, yeah, I have a question right now. Let's just start it. Denied. So Go ahead. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tears. Uh, so I listen to this awesome podcast. I guess Matt Rushing can get a second uh, plug, but I-, I listen for John Mills just so that's on record. Yes. Uh, Aggressive Negotiations, listen to that podcast every week. And I actually heard an awesome story on there where you were telling about how you gave Ahsoka her name. Could you tell that to everybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we I had basically uh, originally named her um, uh, Ashley, uh, Ashla Tujun. And uh, this is way before even um, Ashley uh, Eckstein was involved. And when I brought that in, and, and George was looking at the Bible, he's like, "Oh, I want to. I don't want to name her Ashley because that's a name that he used for the light side of the Force." And so he said, "Give me a history book off the shelf." So I said, "Oh, okay." And so he basically started at ASS and went through like, uh, "What what can we name her instead of Ashley?" And he originally named her Ashoka, uh, which is um, the name of a a um, East Indian prince um, who was a hero- heroic character. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll name her this. And I thought, like, oh, that's that's already, like, a name of a character from history. Like, shouldn't we mix that, mix that up or something? And so I thought, well, maybe we can keep it, like, Ahsoka rather than Ashoka. And um, 
So for the first couple of scripts, he kept crossing out Ahsoka, thinking I was misspelling it, but I wasn't. <laughs> so then finally, on one, I think it was the third episode, he circled it and said, ah, just make it. You know, he start like he started to cross it out, and he's like, "I ah, just make it Ahsoka, fine." <laughs> so that's how Ahsoka got her name, and it was so strange that the three finalists. This is a new part of the story. The three finalists for the um, voice part were named. Two of them were named Ashley. So um, it just it was awesome that um, Ashley uh, Dre Eckstein at the time uh, got the part, and I think she's brought um, some amazing character to the character. Okay, see, that's worth the panel right there. Right? <laughs> wait, wait. Can, can, we, can we say something? Like, I've been asked this question all the time. Do it. Like, based on, like, what happens at the end of season two where Ahsoka's fighting Vader and then he's trapped in that Sith temple and then shows up in season four. Spoiler alert. Okay. okay. And the question is, is, like, how is it that Ahsoka Tano can be in two places at the same time? And I actually think that question is answered today with Ahsoka number one and Ahsoka number two. Can we give them, like, those fantastic cosplayers a hand? They did such a great, great job. So thank you, ladies. Okay, well, today's topic is Star Wars cartoons, which, of course, we just started by talking about Ahsoka, who's one of the most popular, if not the most popular, original Star Wars animated cartoon character. But let's rewind the clock back many 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 years ago and as you can see from the monitors here droids star wars droids the adventures of r2d2 and c3po now this came out in 1985 on abc saturday mornings for one season 22 episodes anthony or anthony daniels did the voice of c3po i'm just curious who watched this cartoon at the time it was on air Wow. wow. You look really unhappy right there. <laughs> and who can sing the theme song? Well, Michael, you have a bit of trivia that you found out about the theme song right before the panel. Good grief, there was a theme song? <laughs> For droids, there was. For droids. I think we could make up a really good one right now, couldn't we? <laughs> panel again. Who was the... I've already, I told you. Okay, well, as he looks that up, here we go. Uh, in Trouble Again, theme song, Stuart Copeland of the Police. Henry, are you guys talking to any bands about doing theme songs? <laughs> if you were ever to ask for a request when he was like doing a live set, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I do have one story about droids and um and that's actually when i i we were in clone war season one paul dini um you guys know who paul dini is everybody knows paul so i uh, i had asked paul to write an episode of clone wars and we were actually working on the story he originally pitched the entire premise uh for the satine um prize storyline with obi-wan and um and anyway, while we were developing that story, I said, yeah, but you had a relationship and you were kind of one of the approved writers to work on Clone Wars by George. And he's like, yeah, because I worked on droids. And that was like one of his first jobs in animation. And um, he had talked about how that was a really challenging series because uh, at the time, in the mid-80s, what the kind of violence and story themes that you could do on television were very limited for children's television. So even though it 
it was trying to be a Star Wars series really wasn't because it was on ABC at the time and, and the, the subject matter had to be kept light and, and, and not as violent, I guess you could say. So that was a really challenge. And, and one thing that, that uh, Paul had always brought to my attention was, yeah, basically um, at the time, um, George would bring the animated rough cuts home and let his kids watch them. And if you've ever seen an animated rough cut, it just is like no music, no sound effects, and just the characters talking. And kids were like not impressed. Like, this is terrible. Why? This is what it is? So they had no idea what it could be. So that was a really challenging series, I think, um, on a lot of levels, and probably why you didn't see it past one season. Well, the, now the series took place between, well, episodes three and four. But back then, there was no episode three. It was just pre-A New Hope at that time. So the droids had different owners. And actually, there was appearances by, I think, Boba Fett. There was IG-88 in here. They were dealing with the Empire. And it's interesting because, of course, now that episode three came out, we know that they're with on Alderaan, basically, and not with these other owners. So did, did any of you um, watch droids or familiar with droids on the panel here? animated gifts count yeah <laughs> this show came out 10 years before i was born so so, so you don't know the great heat i was alive when it came out <laughs> <laughs> sorry predates me by three years yeah. well back in the day we used to draw the pictures of the star wars <laughs> show them one by one you see <laughs> Henry, put your You're making me feel really old, children. (laughs) Okay, wait, let's compare. Let's compare here, Henry. Listen, I when this show came on, I was starting college. Where were you? I was in high school. So I feel okay, I feel a little better. (laughs) Feel a little better. (laughs) Yes, I've actually look, I actually have that down here later. We're gonna call you Pop from now on. No, I will go to the beat. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. Listen here. This is why no one applauded when I said Star Wars report. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was Riley. (laughs) He's on the show too. Anyway. um, So yes, as Michael was just mentioning to me, the holiday special. I bet more of you have seen the holiday special than droids, right? Who made it all the way through in one sitting? Wow, that is a lot of brief. I have a story. We did a live commentary track on our podcast. There may have been potent potables involved. It descended into madness in about an hour. So, Brian, what did you think of the animated adventure with Boba Fett, the first appearance we saw of him in that holiday special? Han really looked like Keith Richards. (laughs) That's my... Oh, yeah, that's where they got Adam Driver. That's, I'm sorry, that's my really my only takeaway is, wow, that's a real Keith Richards look there. Okay, well, let's go to the next slide here real quick. At the same time that Droids was on the air, we had Ewoks, and it was actually part of the Ewoks Droids Adventure Hour on ABC. Again, I was in college, I was not up that early on a Saturday morning. So this came out in 1985, ran for two seasons, 35 episodes. Wicket is the star of it. They did speak in English or basic, so you could understand what they were talking about. And there was 
you know, villains and a witch and all that stuff. Now, who has seen the Ewoks cartoon? See, there's more that have seen that. Okay, what about our panel? Ryan or do animated gifts, gifts count again? <laughs> great gifts. I actually, I actually have a real quick but great. I think it's a great story. Um, so I've never been like, not, I'm, I'm not an Ewok hater, but I've always been like kind of indifferent because it's like Star Wars, it's space, and you know, electronics, whatever. So I watched it because you know there, there wasn't a whole lot. Uh, I, I watched the reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel, but that inspired me to make fanfic for something I thought was cooler, which was a droids, or I'm sorry, a Jawa fanfic, in which it was basically like the Ewoks, but they were Jawas, and they would put together, I was a weird kid. That's such a better idea. That's a way better idea, man. And they would swindle people for fun. And They're just hijacking cars all the time. <laughs> I don't know if we can air that speeders. one on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought of this cartoon as being like uh, Care Bears in space, in a sense, right? I did not see Star Wars as a five-year-old, so I am watching it thinking it's Care Bears in space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Wait, was that your first introduction to Star Wars? Was Ewoks? Wow. So. <laughs> so when you got to see more Star Wars things, you were like, wow, this is getting better. Well, you know, the rule is typically if it's on screen, it's canon. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Henry, when working on Clone Wars and Rebels, did you guys consider the canon of Ewoks and droids into the series? No, I, I do remember... One occasion where someone made the mistake of mentioning a holiday special and if, with George in the room. And if there was oh, no. and if there was ever a way to sour a meeting for the rest of the time, you'd say that. But you just it's one of those things where you just yeah, it's like, you know it's just like asking to see under the Emperor's robe or something. You just don't do that. It was just in passing, but I think and he's publicly said that like he wanted to track down every copy of it and burn it, so um, I, I think that he's always had a fondness for animation and what animation could be. And I think you just have to accept like, oh, this is a kid show, kind of keeps the characters alive, that kind of thing. And I think when you look at it that way, um, it's easier to accept it as non-canon. At least in my mind. I, I don't know how you can call it canon, but is it Legends now? Is that what it is? I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's in your head canon if it's in canon okay let's just go ahead to the next one here because i don't think we have a whole lot of input on those two so clone wars not the clone wars this is clone wars this was on cartoon network these were little shorts in the first season that premiered tarakovsky's clone wars uh he did the samurai jack series of animation and this was a micro-series from 2003 to 2005. The first season, as I mentioned, was about... They were short. They were like three to five-minute segments. So they would... I remember seeing them on Cartoon Network. They would come on 
like at the top of the hour before a show would come on. So, and then like you had to tune in like the next week to get the next three to five minutes. It was kind of aggravating in a way. It so. was. It was very <laughs> aggravating. For an eight-year-old Lynn, it was torture. Because this is where, this was my hype of Star Wars fandom for me when I was a kid, was watching Courage the Cowardly Dog. And then right after that, there would be the Clone Wars uh, short. And you had to kind of like stitch them together because it tells, tells one cohesive story. Right. Um, but that's, this is my memory of like, this is one of the reasons why I love Star Wars so much is like watching these shorts with my with my brothers and like bonding with my brothers through this and also my biggest first uh, kids. And it was just... This is hype Star Wars for me, like peak Star Wars for me. It's 2D Clone Wars. And and at that time when YouTube wasn't a thing, yeah. you got out an order and you're like, mm. what is going on? And see, I didn't have cable at my house, so we had to go to the babysitter house to watch this. So <laughs> if we had to miss it, like we missed like a whole five minutes of it because we were kind of confused. But I didn't care. Star Wars is on the screen. Yeah. Well, and, and then season two, by the way, that came out. They were twelve to fifteen minutes long, so we got a little more at it. So, Christy, did you did you watch that one? Was on Cartoon Network or seen it since? So, actually, I didn't see any of it till I was an adult, um, watching some of it with my husband. Um, but I've only seen a little bit here and there. But I thought I thought the art style was fascinating and had seen Samurai Jack before, so I I love that. Yeah, I introduced it to her after Forces of Destiny came out because I was like, oh, they actually did something similar to this. Check this out. <laughs> so you're saying I need to finish it. So there's <laughs> there's, there's priorities here. Chase scene, half naked. I get it. There's a great dramatic uh, robes drops in, in the 2D animation. Oh, like great C3. Oh. It's amazing. Let's talk about the animation. What did you think of the animation style of the series? I mean, when I was eight, I didn't care. But, but now I think I think I like it. I. I like the 2D animation style better than a lot of 3D animation. Um, there's just kind of a classic feel to it. Um, I, it's, you know, a little dated, but it's, I th- still think it kind of holds up right now. I, I mean, for me, just because of when I grew up, I grew up watching 2D animation yeah. every Saturday morning, and I... That ha- I have an affinity for that, so I really love the animation style in those shorts, and especially his animation style, which is so distinct and so visually striking. Pairing that with Star Wars just works so well. Mm-hmm. You're talking yeah. Clone Wars, not droids, right? I'm just yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely talking Clone Wars. I'm just kidding. And I'll add to that, too. I think something great that you can see, especially with this style, is that it, with 2D, you can be so versatile that there's a lot of different styles out there of 2D animation. Um, so there's a lot more room to play, I think, than with the more 3D stuff. Um, but I, I think that it's also, like you were saying, Brian, his is so unique. Mm. Um, it seems like things are a little more squared. Well, um, it's, it's all about those real thick, like, black line, like yep. those border lines. And I, I wanted to add in, too, something specifically about the 2D animation that I know has been kind of a complaint is I, I hear a lot of people say, um, oh, you know, cartoons are for kids. And it's kind of frustrating because it's like I feel like those are the same people that are watching The Simpsons and Archer and South Park. And it's like it's not just for kids. Anybody, any age can enjoy a cartoon. And, you know, it's it's about what it means to you. I will say about the 2D. Oh. We'll say about the 2D Clone Wars um, animation is that they really did not get Anakin right. It was very squared, very box. 
nice job. Yeah, they were trying to. That, that's it's all about <laughs> art. Is all about you know uh, showing the one thing. You got to put all the attention on the, on the jello. Okay. They know what they're doing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The hair. Oh, the hair flip. Yeah, that was. I, Hair in the early 2000s period was distracting. So it was like forbidden love. So you see pictures there. Yeah, and if you want to have a, I'm going to go ahead and open it now. If you want to have questions or comments, you can come up to the mic here. Is this about the Clone Wars series we're talking about? So, yeah, let's hear what you have to say on this. I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. My girlfriend made it for me. Awesome. She's not here. Um, so I remember it coming out every day of the week, not okay. once a week. I couldn't so, remember yeah. for sure. It felt but, like a week. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. But my favorite thing about it was it made you afraid of Grievous. That Ooh, yes. show made you terrified for the Jedi. Yeah. He was so, I don't want to say the word, but he was so crazy bad. And my favorite part was at the end of it, the very end of the series, if you remember, uh, Makes Windu crushes his chest plate with the force, and that, and to me, that's why he's gasping for breath in the movies in the, in Revenge of the Sith is because that's a continuation of the micro series. His chest plate is crushed, and so he's struggling to breathe. I just love it. It's just so fantastic, and it fits so perfectly in canon with everything that goes on in the in the movies. Sounds like you need to come to the the Shakespeare reading on Sunday. I'm just just saying. I've been to that before. It's great. Yeah, but you got to come to this one. I'm I'm gonna be Grievous. So oh, no. I, I can promise you, you're you're gonna like it. Yeah, and this was the first appearance of Grievous because Episode Three hadn't come out yet, so it was leading up to that. And Saj Ventress was also uh, yes. premiered in this series. That's also why I thought it was the best chase scene ever because there was no talking during that chase scene at the very end when the Magna Guards are chasing. I was like, Who, who's the Jedi? I'm like, get her name. Shakti, thank you. And she's bringing with the, um, taking the Emperor with her, and it's, they're running and running and running. The, the way they animated it, the, t- the tension was amazing. So are we allowed to ask questions about the rest of the cartoons, or just that? Are, are you? Well, actually, yeah, go ahead. Let's bring up the slide of the next Clone Wars. Okay. And because uh, this helped inspired and I think influenced George to want to continue. Is that right, Henry? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that George really liked the stylized action. Um, uh, probably in his mind, the Jedi were a little too overpowered, I think. They weren't, and that's kind of, we brought it back down to kind of what their powers were. But I think that in animation, you can get away with that. Um, and you can exaggerate it and you can say, hey, these guys are able to like crash the Star Destroyers together with the Force, that kind of thing. So um, it, it definitely did. And actually, if you look at some of the character designs from Gandhi's Star Wars to, to the, you know, um, the, 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 the 3D CG, you can definitely see the influences. Okay, so, so the Clone Wars question I have is for you, and you've, you've mentioned this before, I think two years ago at Dragon and I forgot what it was. There are some, there were some cartoons that came out that I think you wrote about when they were the, 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 the Zagirian slave section, and then that either was before that then that turned into the the series later. How did that go about? How did that did like you wrote it first and then they came out? Or it was yeah, really, it was really, very well written by the way. So I really loved oh, it. Oh, thank you. Um, so just so you know, that was something that I a storyline I had written for this first season of the CG Clone Wars, and the producer at the time said, "I can't show this to George because there's no way we can produce it. It's too expensive. There's there's multiple planets and a 
you can't kidnap 50,000 people and then show that on screen, at least on our budget at the time. So she didn't um, show George the, the story at all. Um, she just said, oh, yeah, the story was de- denied or whatever. And I went, well, okay. After I had finished my work on the second season of Clone Wars, I said, hey, uh, Dark Horse had approached me about doing a comic. And I go, oh, I have these stories that I had wanted to do but didn't have a chance to do. So that was the first the first one. Um, and it was, a, I think, a six-issue arc. And um, cut to a year later in uh, 2009, George saw the comic and said, hey, this is a great story. Why didn't we ever do this? <laughs> so... Um, I get this phone call from uh, Filoni at the time, and, and he said, hey, uh, so George saw your comic book, and he wants to do it as a multi-episode arc, and I started laughing just because that's the way things happen. So I wrote it for the show. It was canon in the comic first, because at that point, there really wasn't anything that was, that anything that defied the series would be caught, wouldn't be canon. So because George said, oh, hey, let's do that, it turned it back into canon. It was funny. I think it was the first time that's ever happened where you had a story in the comics be directly turned into Star Wars content. So. I mean, I guess I had a question about both Clone Wars. I kind of feel that Anakin's story, however like tiny it is in the original 3D Clone Wars, is actually a really good precursor to the 3D one we all are really familiar with because it shows the end of his training and um, it kind of shows him... I don't know. It, it was cool to see an initiation ceremony of the Jedi. I was wondering if you guys also thought it was like an important piece of canon, like leading into Clone Wars, and if you guys took that story into consideration when jumping into the new Clone Wars. Um, I think we hinted at, at various places um, across Clone Wars that maybe some of those um, adventures did happen, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean they happened exactly like that. Right. So it's almost like, oh, this is a different telling of the same story, but it's probably not feasible that Mace, you know, destroyed, you know, an entire army himself. <laughs> but um, that battle probably did happen, and there was probably other Jedi, with that kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? so, I, I wanted to kind of, like, mention when you said earlier, like, I loved how overpowered they were, actually, sure. in the 2D Clone Wars, because it's like, I feel like a lot of their feats have been sort of hinted at. Yeah, I, I guess, um, and, and I think that's the one thing that George went back on, is like, yeah, these guys are not superheroes. Mm-hmm. And we always really wanted to make that, because if we had them so superpowered, it's really hard to get them in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's why when you go back to, because in the movies, you never see a Jedi do anything close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Luke is, is is you know, when he's battling, I mean, he's not, you know, jumping 80 stories and crashing ships with his hands <laughs> and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She mentioned the uh, the ceremony. I just I I couldn't watching it every time. I couldn't watch it and not think that seems really irresponsible putting a lightsaber that close to someone's face. <laughs> I mean that's just I, I'm I'm I, I know I'm neurotic or whatever, but I'm just like that's mm-hmm. how wait how else do you Padawans get haircuts? I mean think about it. There you that's, go. It's true. I, I don't know. I just did every time. I'm always like eh, he might slip this time. <laughs> Thank you for the question. I'll ask the panelists real quick, and then we'll get to you. Do you have a favorite arc in the Clone Wars that really stands out to you? I think I think Ahsoka's last arc in Series Five is honestly the some of the best Star Wars ever, and the, some of the most visually like uh, like appealing and gorgeous. It's, everything about that arc is kind of perfect, and it's emotional. Oh, the music! Oh my gosh. 
he is it, it is it is honestly some of the best or the best so great yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna second that very final ahsoka mm. arc um it was it, it was so beautifully and emotionally written yeah and introduced a lot of it introduced to an audience a lot of questions about the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. which we'll be talking about on our panel, <laughs> Arrogance of the Jedi. Um, I've got to throw in there my favorite was everything on Dathomir. Can I get a what for the Night Sisters? I really, I really wanted to be a ninja after seeing that. <laughs> I also love Ventress. Just throwing that. I, I, I'm gonna cheat and say the two because i can't i can't separate them it would either be the uh umbara arc or the padawans arc because also honda Gunji. oh yeah Gunji. <laughs> yes your question or comment uh, i guess i just had a comment on like the 2d show uh i was just thinking of like the wildest moment uh for anakin in that show is in the rain and they've been you know, <laughs> where he um he like gets out the map and he's like full of bugs and he just starts eating the bugs. <laughs> and I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because it's no, so Anakin wild. Disaster. And like I wish they would bring that up in some other place. And <laughs> just doing Wait, it to like freak did out Anakin eats bugs? He eats. Yeah, yes. yes. it's so good. <laughs> he eats bugs. Disaster of human beings. Well, I guess you know, we're all one Obi-Wan's in the living like, force, so yeah, it just Obi-Wan's makes like, sense. Um, Nutrients. What were you? It doing? was his real secret shame. <laughs> he's like reconnaissance and then he eats a bug it's so good those skywalker boys are so extra oh, <laughs> so it's on the monitor thank you um, yes i have a question about like the um Clone Wars that was like the original mm-hmm. um and um how did Grievous kill his first Jedi because he steals his lightsaber from from Jedi right. so how did he kill his first Jedi did we see the killing of the first Jedi in this card I don't recall did I don't we? think so he already did it right? I, yeah. I don't you know that's a that's a terrific question mm-hmm. I probably shot him in the back I, I, yeah. I, heard, I heard he ran him over with his uh, cycle. Right. <laughs> his spike cycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Thank know. you. Thank Good you. question. Thank you for the question. That, that was very nice of you, Spider-Man. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood hero. <laughs> Sorry, just getting his. Ah, hi. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, I was at a previous panel with uh, Mr. Gilroy. Like, so great for you to be here, sir. Thank you very much. So uh, I have a question about something I don't think is being addressed enough in the Star Wars uh, fandom and canon. Um, And actually, Ryan Johnson, whom I really love, I think he's wonderful. I personally think he's really brilliant. He addressed this to me the other day uh, about um, his plans to originally make Kylo Ren bald. Sit down. down, Wait, let me ask my question. Let me ask my question. No, I, I feel like this isn't being discussed enough. Okay. If Kylo Ren had only been bald, then there wouldn't be all this division and like I don't know in the fandom over the Last Jedi. If he were just bald, and so His I am hair curious. Is beautiful. <laughs> I am right. curious, like if you think there is a chance in Star Wars Resistance if we may see a bald Kylo Ren. But also, I would yeah. love to hear what each of you wants to see from Star Wars Resistance, like personally. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <you. laughs> 
I don't even know how to touch the ball. Sure. <laughs> sure. We'll see Kyle run bald. Yeah. There, how about that? Yeah. Make you happy now? Okay, good. I think, didn't, wasn't there an announcement where Patrick Stewart came out and said he was going to play Kyla Ren? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that was something else. Forget it. I'm sorry. Odd choice, but, you know, he can do it. That's the lesser franchise. Hey, wasn't Snowballed? Was that not, yes. not enough for you? Right. That's a good point. No, hashtag make Kylo Baldo. It has to be him. It, <laughs> it feels like this is trolling. Who is, it? Who is it this does. guy? <laughs> I, I can say that I want to see something more about like the unknown regions where mm-hmm. the First Order was hiding out and uh, some backstory on that. In, in Resistance, I want to see Batu. Batu? Batu? Batu, yeah. I just want a Gamorrean pilot. Ooh. Piggy! Make Piggy cannon again! Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give you a specific thing. I, it, I just want to talk just kind of in general. I... I would love to see a show that eschews the force a bit and just focuses on the normal people, the grunts of the galaxy, that there's a lot of great storytelling with involving force users, but there's something powerful in showing kids that these normal people can have such mm-hmm. a big impact uh, in this universe. I, I think... I think um, that, that the other the films really do a great job of that, but I, I also think you're going to love Resistance. Ooh, nice, yeah. So was that, were, were you confirming making Piggy <laughs> again? Was that, was that what that was? <laughs> I, I had to try, Henry. I had to try. He'd have to have a specially built cockpit, don't you think? He, he might could fit in a Y-wing. <laughs> How about a speeder bike? I'll okay. take what I can get. <laughs> I, I'd love seeing Piggy on a speeder bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get into next, another question about Piggy or anything, we gotta let's take a quick look at something here. The name's Rex, but you'll call me Captain or Sir. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. My designation is Trooper 27-5555, sir. We call him Fives. I'm Heavy. This is Echo. I'm Commander Cody, your new boss. Sir, yes, sir! Looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies, Commander. Look around. We're one and the same. Same heart, same blood. Your training is in your blood. My blood's boiling for a fight. So I have any idea what this you is our war. This can't be good. We need to pull back. Get on the portals. If we can draw them out, we can see them. If we can see them, we can hit them.
Rex, what's so important that you brought us all the way back here? Hello, Master. It's been a while. First, I hope something like that can be done for Legends as well for certain stories. But uh, my question here has to do with how in canon novels there's going to be uh, some uh, stuff happening around the prequels uh, with, with, with Amidala and with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And, uh, and clearly Luke, you know, he said Darth Sidious in, uh, in Episode 8. And so what I would uh, like to ask you is, uh, have you guys talked or considered doing any animation that would be like around episode one or something like that? Uh, actually, I don't know any of any animation being done around episode one. Okay. I mean, it seems like there's a, um, you know, if you kind of look at the books um, coming out and, and um, at least more recently, it looks like we're kind of moving forward. You know, Resistance seems like it's, it's set, you know, um, after the events of um, Endor. So I... I'm I'm not I'm not sure, so I would yeah I just have I, I don't know it hasn't been discussed yet, not to not to my knowledge. Okay, thanks. And real quick, because I do want to make sure we get a lot uh, some time on resistance. So real quick, just to consider in our discussion and our questions and comments, the other animation that we're probably more familiar with as time goes on, but we have Rebels Yay. that was on, which Henry was involved in. Freemaker Adventures, Lego. Forces of Destiny. And then, of course, Resistance. So we'll continue to talk about all those, but yes, your question or comment. Okay, this is actually kind of good because Rebels just popped up, and this is a Rebels question. I told you I was saving the boy question. Uh, yeah, he's been stalking me. Logan's been stalking me for two years. I was at the panel before you once again. And you followed me over here, didn't you? You followed us. You okay, didn't know I followed where you, were going. you. But you knew where you were going. So. <laughs> anyway, so this is probably me reading too much into dialogue, but when Rex, Wolf, and Gregor first showed up in Rebels, Wolf showed some hostile feelings t- towards Kanan by trying to kill him. And basically, he said, like, Jedi have come for revenge, and I I was confused, because he served with the Jedi for so long, and he's like, he's saying that they came for revenge, and then um, Rex is like, stand down, these aren't the ones who betrayed us. So, that got me thinking, um, did Rex, Wolf, and Gregor encounter, like, encounter the Inquisitors at some point? No. So, so what Wolf is responding to directly is when he says traitors, that's still that effect of the chip mm-hmm. in his head. And for so long, believing that the Jedi actually betray the Republic. So really, it's 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 he probably carried out his order um, in Order 66. When he, when he got the order, he probably participated in taking out Jedi. So did he remove his chip after Order 66? Because like, the scar is on his head. Right. It definitely happened after. Uh, but the programming was still there. So I think the idea is, is all obviously all of them had different reactions to that experience and had to deal with it in their own way. So Rex removed his before Order 66. We don't know about Gregor. But Actually, we, no, no, no. He 
What did you say? Rex removed his before Order 66, because we know that... Maybe, maybe not. Well, we know that Siege of Mandalore, he he saved Ahsoka. Did he? Yeah. How do you know that? Because the book... Uh, eh. Is this yeah. in some fan fiction? Or? Yeah. There's, there's some blurb about it. Yeah. Logan, see, this is why Logan is like the little Sith Lord. Uh, you're just trying you, you don't to know get anything. me to turn to the dark side. You know, you know nothing. <laughs> so just to be clear, Wolf remo- removed his chip after Order 66, so he carried out the order. Is what you're saying? That's that's what that's a very that's a that's what I would assume. Okay then. Okay. Wow. Because you have to realize that really until Order sixty six, who really knew about the chips? Yeah, fives. Fives, right? Who told and tr- And fives tried to warn the others, but how successful was he? I think that's the question. Uh, he. There's there's a there's a millions of of troopers out there. I think this, I think the secret weapon. This is this is my speculation. Um, the little droid dude that he was with. I think that's the key. Uh, the, the fives is what? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh easy. oh, it's interesting. That's an easy. Interesting yeah. yeah, interesting theory. I just wow. came up with it just now. <laughs> so uh, wow, that was really heavy. Y'all okay? <laughs> <laughs> this was so fun and happy, and now again dark. I don't know. I, I all I can say is I think that question and and other questions like it, like when it. Just can't wait for you guys to see the the rest of the Clone Wars. Okay, then. thank you. Yes. Hey. <laughs> um, first, before I begin, I'd like to say um, I'm not just uh, the chairman of the Bald Space Fascist Club. I'm also a client. <laughs> so, um, I, I did want to address something. I I had asked you a question last year, and you were pretty mum about it, and I can understand. Um, it was about whether it was intentional that they were casting people that were in HBO's Rome as Mandalorians because you had um, uh, Ray Stevenson and uh, Kevin McKidd. And then, like, you, you were like, Meh? and then, like, afterwards, you got Max Perkis as uh, uh, the Gar Sax or Saxon the Younger, I guess. So now that Rebels is a wrap, is there more to the story or? Um, I, I think that those guys are just great actors, Strong. and it just seemed like, hey, we kind of started this theme. Can I call you Kylo? <laughs> sure. Or, or is Kylo your hats off name? Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that there was um, really a consciousness. that Those particular actors seem to bring a certain presence, and we really love that presence that they brought. Okay. Um, and they're great actors, so... Um, I don't know. I'll tell you a great story about Ray Stevenson. Um, he was um, flying back and forth between, I think, between here and the South Pacific, shooting um, Black Sails. I think was that show he was on, a mm-hmm. pirate show. And so he was in town when he we got him for this uh, his final appearance in the show. And literally, he came from the airport and he had not even read the script. Right. So it was awesome that he's turning the page, he's reading his lines, and he turns the page and he's like, "Oh." because he just realized he got shot in the chest. <laughs> and, and he, like, stood there, like, he really loved playing the character, but he's like, I, I, I think I just got shot and killed. And, and we're like, oh, no, you know, cartoons. Sometimes, sometimes characters come back, you know? <laughs> no, the spider legs. Uh, you know, maybe, it, maybe the armor held up. Maybe, no. Uh, anyway, so, but it, it was great to actually... 
hear that he really enjoyed playing the part. And, um, you know, I don't know. If they ever did anything that was like a prequel or whatever, it'd be cool to bring him back. I, mean, I suppose that could happen. Awesome. Thanks. Good question next. Perfect. Um, so I was wondering, this is still an unanswered question that I've been wondering for a long time. How did Anakin get the scar on his eye? Because he did not have an Attack of the Clones, and he has it in he has it in the uh, 2D Clone Wars, the older Clone Wars, and then he has it in the newer Clone Wars. So, yeah. <laughs> I, Anyone on the panel know? Like I should know that. <laughs> I, um. <laughs> Wasn't it Voldemort or something? Oh, no. <laughs> I like to imagine it was something comically pratfally. Uh, 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 I was going to the wall. Maybe, maybe yeah. it was a, a bad, a bad haircut. A bad uh, haircut gone wrong. Oh yeah, nice. that That's makes why you don't use lightsaber. Yeah, yep, bad haircut. So this is a story that has not been told, then, right? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. So maybe one day. Was it Ventrance? In the micro series? That's what, what I was wondering. What, what too, was yeah. that in? Was that. Uh, I don't remember, but I know that Ventress is I think you're right. I think it was yeah. Ventress. All right. I think you're right. Ventress <laughs> is, okay. I think, the answer. <laughs> Possibly. Yes, next. So my question is, so in terms of uh, the Clone Wars and I guess Rebels, like obviously there was definitely, um, hey, we want a children friendly show, but we're going to tackle some adult themes. Um, was there like discussions in the writer rooms about needing a balance in terms of, like episode count or are we going too heavy on one end or heavy on the other or discussions in terms of like, you know, ratings, feedback about, hey, maybe we need to push it more in one direction or the other, or did that never really come up and the writers are just kind of freeballing oh, it the whole way? I think absolutely that is. I think when you look at the early episodes of Rebels, they're they're far lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Zev and Ezra team up to steal a TIE fighter, or, you know, the droids episode is kind of like a silly farce. I mean, I think anytime you have a, a, a show like this, a kind of a Star Wars show that is a a, an animated series aimed at kids, you could say that that's kind of what Disney wanted, but really, as the character grows and becomes more powerful, so do the threats have to yeah. keep growing. And also, this is a character who's growing up, so the themes will become more adult as we go. Um, and I think that's actually, you just look at episode you know, four, New Hope, and then just like, it gets darker in Empire, and then kind of the Return of the Jedi even gets darker too. So I, I think that um, there was never like a quota. Uh, really, it came down to like what makes a great Star Wars story. For me personally, it's actually I think that you can tell all kinds of stories in Star Wars. You can tell a Western story, or a war story, or a or a monster movie story. All of that kind of works and encompasses like what you can do with a Star Wars story. So, in our mind, it was like what makes a great story, but really following the characters too. When you're developing the characters' arc, what best uh, story challenges that character to grow or to um, stay in the same place? Uh, what's his arc? That kind of thing. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Do you ever worry about losing one side of the audience from going too far to one end or the other? Yeah, I, I like I said this in another panel, but I I never try to write down to I'm running a Disney show and there, I have the, the email battles to prove it with Disney, <laughs> where they're like, wait a minute, does 
does this Inquisitor chop off these two guys' head? Yeah, but you don't see it, really. <laughs> it, in our mind, it was like, we're writing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I never thought, like, oh, I'm writing a different version of Star Wars. You know, Freemakers definitely, like, that's a specific kind of Star Wars story where I think that, in my mind, I was writing something that was intended to fill the gap between the prequels and um, the original trilogy. And, and by, by bringing in some characters from the original, uh, from the prequels, so that actually you could see where these two timelines met. Thank you. Peter. Great, thanks. Before we get to your question or comment, let's watch something real quick and then we'll throw uh, it to you. Because there's something new coming up. Team Fireball, they're our core Star Wars group. They're not caught up in the bigger things going on in the galaxy. I wanted to have a sense of childlike fun and adventure. And what unifies this team is that they need each other. They need to try and win races to survive and make money. And our hero, Kaz, is still coming into his own, and he's a very, very good pilot. But he's still a bit fished out of water when it comes to living in a place like the Colossus. Nice job, BB-8. All right. This is what I want you to do. I'm Christopher Sean, and I play Kazuta Ziono on Star Wars Resistance. Kaz's job, given to him by Poe, is to spy in the First Order. He's good at flying, but he's not really good at spying. He's a bit clumsy, gets into trouble here and there, but Kaz is definitely a guy who has a lot of heart and wants to make a difference. In times like this, I think it's best to keep Kaz occupied. I am Scott Lawrence. I play Jarek Yeager. Yeager kind of represents the old school. Yeager was a pilot for the Rebellion. Now he's just trying to live his life as mainly a mechanic on this installation in the middle of nowhere. And he unfortunately keeps getting pulled back into the action. Yeager, he's the father figure of Team Fireball, and Kaz causes a lot of trouble and a lot of grief for Yeager. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Hi, I'm Susie McGrath, and I play Tam Rivora on Star Wars Resistance. Tam is a mechanic who works with Yeager. She was a racer back in the day and lost her ship. This guy better be paying for this rush job, Yeager. She's tough, no nonsense. She kind of has attitude. She also has a lot of heart and passion. She wants to have a purpose in life. She's incredibly brave. She cares about people, but she likes to keep her emotions kind of to herself. Kaz, this is Niku. It is so nice to meet you. Niku is a bit of an oddball. You know, I am starting to like having adventures. I find that it raises my heart rate, which is good for my circulatory system. Hi, I am Josh Brunner, and I play Niku on Star Wars Resistance. He's a genius. He's very naive, but he's got a huge heart. He is this unbelievably positive, happy Nikto character. No matter what kind of day you're having, Niku is having a great day. I once had a pet named Lucky that reminded me of home, and then it died. And then I ate it. <laughs> we made the show for a younger audience. I think they'll love the relationships between the characters and all the lightheartedness. It's unique in tone, unique in look. It's a completely different package. It's very action-packed and vibrant and colorful, and you have you know lots of different pilots and ships and the different settings. I wish I had a show like this when I was growing up. Star Wars Resistance coming October 7th premieres on Disney Channel, then the series runs on Disney XD. Real quick from the panel, what are your initial impressions and thoughts about Resistance? I'm so happy that we're having a, sh- uh, like a show that seems to be really, really, really fun. 
So we need some lighthearted funness in Star Wars right now. Yes, seconded on that, but something that I love about what we just saw here, and something that I think carries over from Rebels, is these animated shows are giving a segment of fans who have never gotten to see themselves before on screen. And that is so incredibly powerful, and it cannot be overstated how important that is. Yes. Amen. I would say I'm most excited about this whole aspect of um, our main character being a spy, Mm. really like going down deep and, you know, spying on the First Order because he doesn't come across that way. I love that he's this clumsy goofball who you're like, I don't know if he's going to be able to pull it off. So I think it's going to be really cute. I actually, it's funny. um, I just, you know, I have nothing to do with Resistance. Um, About two years ago, um, I was still working on season three of Rebels and and kind of finishing up like our intense storylines. And I remember seeing actually um, the script in the printer for the pilot for this. And um, I knew that they were working on it, but part of me didn't want to actually read anything just because I wanted to kind of stay on focus for what I was doing. Um, um, but I was I'm really excited to actually see it because I. This is the first I've seen, just like you have. So I'm, I'm excited to actually be surprised and, and see. And I think the creative team on it is top-notch. It's the same guys who made Rebels. So it's going to be a beautiful show. And as you can see, I think it's going to be funner and probably lighter than, yes. than Rebels. So I think, um, I don't know, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a little jealous. I think you guys laughed more times in like the last couple minutes than you did in the first season of Rebels. So. But there was a puffer pig in Rebels, so we had a little fun. You did have the puffer pig. You'll always I have the puffer that. pig. I love the puffer pig. Yes, next question. Oh, conveniently, that actually segued perfectly into my question. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 come from, I come from the fan clubs. I spend a lot of time being Star Wars for kids. Um, and the thing I really noticed is, so, you know, I, woman born in the 80s, was a huge Star Wars fan from the time that I was tiny, and that was not okay. That was absolutely not acceptable. I was not, you know, welcome among those groups as a kid. Um, the kids I see who grew up with Clone Wars have a completely different perception of their place in the story. And 100%, that's about Ahsoka, let's be honest. Little girls who grew up with Ahsoka see themselves as being part of the story. Rebels did this amazing job in continuing it. They did something that cartoons almost never do. They had two women in the core cast. Mm. And so I I see little girls out there when you have a Hera or a Sabine. And they were 100% reacting to that. Now we have these trailers for Resistance, and we're back to one woman in the core cast, as far as we can see. Now, now we've seen another one in the trailer, but we don't have a name or a backstory for her yet. Um, It's something that, you know, I, I, I look at that and I feel a little bit of concern. I wonder where this is intending to take that in the universe. Are we going back to... More like what Clone Wars does, where you have one woman who is awesome and is a great role model, but we only ever get to see her interact with men. Or do we have other characters that we just haven't met yet? Can I can I answer that? Please. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I gosh, I was going to say, you know, rest assured uh, that um, the cast is going to be very diverse with a male and female, and male and female of different species. So um, I probably a trailer like that is sort of like, hey, here's our. Are, are basically our main cast for like the early episodes, probably because there probably isn't a lot of other animation 
beyond that. So I think um, you should not worry about having a strong representation of female characters in the series. Scout's honor. Awesome. That's great to hear. Thank you. Lucasfilm, <laughs> Lucasfilm is led by um, a very smart, powerful, um, intelligent, uh, funny um, um, women who are tre- tremendous storytellers. So I, I, I think um, when you kind of look at the top, you have to realize like, well, we have a diverse team. So I, I, I don't know when I think about it myself, I, I don't think about like, is the character male or, or female, but is the character a strong character? And then, you know, um, you know, you know what, what their gender or, or, you know, race or species is, is irrelevant to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's more relevant to people who aren't used to seeing mm-hmm. themselves in the story, as was mentioned earlier, to see people who look like them. But, it's good to hear that we have that what we're seeing in the trailer is not necessarily all that we're actually going to get. Sure. Did you like Governor that. Price in Rebels? I uh, personally, yes. I I, I adored <laughs> having a female villain who was actually like that was, but that's that's a separate <laughs> a separate matter. But thank you. You're welcome. Great, thanks. Next, we just have a couple minutes. All right, I'll be really quick then. I know that coming off of her question and coming off of some of this talk about Rebels. One of the stories that I'm intensely curious about is, of course, the ongoing story of Ahsoka the White and Lady <laughs> Ren and whatever happens to them in the future. Is there a story that's been seeded or implied at in all of the stories here that's been left undeveloped that you would like to see happen? That's it. <laughs> well, my opinion, it's not a Star Wars cartoon now unless Ahsoka shows up. So. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting to see if Resistance brings something. I don't know. Are you specifically asking about Ahsoka herself or are there seeds in other shows that... Uh, whatever you would like to see developed. I want to see... I mean, no joke. I would want to see the adventures of Callus and Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or as, as I noticed... Uh, Gimli and Legolas. I, I just have to ask, were, were you guys going like, Dave, you, you can't just pull everything from Lord of the Rings? Because that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, that's exactly like Legolas and Gimli. That wasn't an accident. You're right. <laughs> um, I don't know about Ahsoka and Resistance mm-hmm. just because I kind of want this cast to kind of be their own thing. I would love to see Ahsoka in other media, though. The the only character that I can ever see showing up in Resistance or being mentioned in Resistance is Hera. Yeah, that makes def- sense. I could definitely see um, that. I want that, but I'm a Hera, so I knew a fangirl, but like she's the only character that I can see showing up or being mentioned. And Jason. We need to see what Jason's up to. Aww. Aww. Little green bean. Well, I'm sorry. We're out of time. I was just told to cut it right there. I still love that shirt. Um, So we're going to do a raffle. Look at the number on the back of your chair. We're going to pull five tickets. I'm going to... No, you don't get one. Each panelist gets to choose a ticket, a number out of there.